Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. Today, we're... uh, we're continuing our series called Awesome Relationships, that they just said to you. And today we're talking about becoming best friends with God, best friends with God. You know, uh, when I say the word friends, there's probably a lot of things that go through your mind about friends. Matter of fact, in our culture today, there's many people that would say, I have tons of friends because I have, you know, 800 friends on Facebook, or I have tons of followers on Twitter or Instagram. Well, that's not the kinds of friends that we're talking about today. We're talking about those inner circle kind of friends. Just to give you an example, if you were going to be married or when you got married, it was the people that you invited to be a part of your wedding party. It was the in crowd. And that's what we want to talk about, is that becoming that kind of friend with God. And the Bible is very clear about this, that God wants us to have a relationship with Him. And so on your outline, you'll see what, what Romans 5 and 10 says. It says this, look at it with me. We were God's enemies. Notice that. We were God's enemies, but He made us His friends through the death of His Son. I notice this next part. Now that we are God's what? Come on, say it out. We're God's what? Now that we are God's friends, how much more will will we be saved by Christ's life? So we're friends with God. And this is what I want you to understand today, is that God is calling you into that inner circle. You know, we know God is like our Father. We know God is our Judge. We know God is, uh, you know, Jesus is our Savior. We know all of those things. But one of the things that He tells us that we don't really grasp is that we can be friends with God. He, he invites us into the inner circle. How many of you uh, would be in this room would say you've ever, you, you maybe have experienced this or seen this happen, is that maybe you or someone that you know has been left out of sort of, of the inner circle. Anybody besides me ever experienced that? Okay, there's two or three of us here. The rest of you are liars. Okay, yes. We've just sort of been left out, you know, of the, and that's a bad feeling. And God says, I want you to know that He doesn't just have an inner circle that, that you cannot be a part of. He invites you into that, into the, being friends with God. And that's why this next statement that I have on your outline, I think is so true and so key to friendship. Friendships happen in shared time, not spare time. Would you read that with me? Let's read it out loud. You ready? Here we go. Friendships happen in shared time, not spare time. And so if we're going to have a relationship with anybody, it can't be leftover time. It has to be shared, which means planned time. You know, I can tell you, if your husband and wife here today, your relationship will never go, grow as long as you said, well, we'll get together whenever we can. We'll, you know, we'll go out when we have some spare time. You'll never have spare time. You know, and your relationship with God is that we'll, we'll do, you know, we'll get better. We'll do better when, uh, you know, when I have some spare time. You don't grow in spare time. You grow in shared time, which is planned time. And so there, there's four ways I want to talk to you about, about building a relationship or a friendship with God. And so if you just go ahead and 
look at your notes, we'll go to number one. The first one is this, is make knowing God my number one priority. Make knowing God, knowing God my number one priority. I don't know how you start your day, but several years ago I started my day trying to do this every day. Is that, you know, when the, when the alarm clock goes off, first of all, I'm the person that I can't put my alarm beside the bed. Years ago, I used to do that, and I would hit the snooze button. You know, I would, I would set the clock, I'd say, okay, I'm going to get up a, an hour earlier to be, you know, go pray or whatever, and I'd have a long night the night before, but I'd, that night when I went to bed, I went to bed with good intentions, right? I was going to get up an hour early and go talk to God or whatever, because I was going to be a holy man. When the alarm go off and I'd reach over, I didn't go off, I'd slap the alarm. Then 10 minutes later, go off again, I hit the alarm again. Then 10 minutes later, go off, and then Rhonda would threaten my life. So finally she said, Jeff, listen, either you're going to get up when you say you're going to get up, or you're going to set the alarm for the clock that you're going to get up, the time you're going to get up. And so what I learned I had to do was I had to start putting my alarm clock in the master bathroom. So when I, had, when I got up in the morning, when it went off, I would have to get up and go in there and turn it off. And by doing so, I learned that I had that 10-second window, you know, to make up my mind that I really want to get up or go back to bed, you know, because I was trying to get up early. And so I could win the battle if I did that. And two, if I let the alarm keep going off, Rhonda would kill me. You know, he's like, get up, you know. So, so I had to do that. And so I want to encourage you today, what I've learned to do is this. When my feet hit the floor in the morning as I run to shut the alarm clock off before it wakes her up, I shut that alarm clock off and I want to say this, God, thank you for another day. Thank you for that I get to wake up this morning, but God, if nothing else happens today, I want to get to know you better today and love you more. That's it. So no matter what comes my way, what's going to get accomplished, if I can do those two things, God, I've had a successful day. And I would encourage you. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6 and 33. Look what Jesus said. It's, uh, it's on your outline. Jesus said this, but seek when? Come on, shout out. But what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first. In other words, Jesus was saying, you're never going to have a relationship with God in spare time. Is that it has to be shared time, planned time, and say, I'm going to spend this time with God. And I would encourage you to do that. You know, would you write this down? Would you write down, I'm as close to God as I choose to be. Write it down. I'm as close to God as I choose to be. Because that's what you are. You're as close to God as you choose to be. You see, you can't blame, you cannot blame your relationship with God on anybody else. You can't say, well, if I had a better husband, a better wife, or my children wasn't so crazy, or my job, blah, 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 then I'd be closer to God. That's not true. That's not true. I told this story in the first service, and it was a little funny, and it's funny now because my grandmother, she doesn't like it when I tell it, but she's not here right now. So uh, anyways, when my cousin and I was little, we'd go to their house, uh, my grandmother's house, she'd keep us, and we'd play, and we'd, we'd, you know, after we got tired, we'd start fighting and all this kind of stuff, and we'd just wear her out. And right at the end of the day, when she, she just had had all she could stand, she'd say, you boys are going to send my soul to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and you know, now I go back and remind her, she said, Jeff, don't say that no more. Don't say, oh, I didn't. I said, yes, you did, Momo, you did. And we'd laugh about it, you know, but she just had all she could hand, handle. But I'm going to tell you something. 
You may be thinking that in your mind. Maybe you don't say it, but nobody can do that for you. It's only you. It's your choice, and you get to choose. And then here's one more thing. If you feel like you're away from God, if you're, you know, God, you're distant from God, I just want to ask you a question. Guess who moved? God didn't move. It's you. And so we want to encourage you today to go back closer to God. And that's what James 4 and 8 is all about. James tells us how to do that. Look what he says. This is our memory verse, by the way, and that means you memorize it. It says this, draw near to God, and he will draw near to who? He'll draw near to you. When you take a step closer to God, he steps close to you. In other words, he's waiting right there. And if you'll just turn, he's there. So when you draw close to him, God will take whatever. If you take one, he'll take a hundred because he wants a relationship with you. You know what the, the amazing thing about our culture is this, is that we talk about what's important to us, don't we? Some of you, you know, when, when you uh, go to talk to people about what's important, you know, you got kids. We had graduation this week, and man, Facebook has been full of, of people that their children were graduating. It's so wonderful. That's an awesome deal. But some of you, I come to talk to you, and you got your wallet, and you start talking about your kids or your grandkids. You know, that's important. That's good. Some of you talk about, you know, the trips you've been on and, and how much you enjoy that, and, and, and that's good. Some of you talk about your job. Some of you talk about the parties you attended. Some of you talk about the clothes you wear. And there's all things that aren't bad, but they're important to you. That's why you talk about them. It's our relationship with God. You know, the question that we need to ask ourselves, how much do we talk about that? Because if it's important to us, we'll talk about it. And man, I just want to, I want to talk about it. There's some of you here today that, you know, I'm talking about this and you don't understand what I mean when I say relationship with God. Because you said one time before, you know, I believe in Jesus. But I want to tell you, it's more than believing in Jesus. It's becoming a Christ follower. It's following Him. Becoming best friends with God. That's what a, a Christian is all about. Being a Christian is all about. So today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today, if you're here and you don't have that kind of relationship with God, I want you to take that next step. And that is simply praying a prayer to become a Christ follower. And I even put it inside of your program. There's a prayer right there inside of your program that you can read and you can pray when you feel like it. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to do any of that. But if you mean it with God, I want to challenge you today to read that and, and make it your prayer and ask God to come in. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is inside of your program is a connection card. I'm just going to ask you to check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today so that we can send you some information that will help you and pray for you this week. So if you'll do that, I'd appreciate it. That takes us to the second thing I'd like to tell you about. Remember we said this, that friendship happens in shared time, not in spare time. And so that takes us to the second thing in becoming friends with God, and that is slow down and be quiet. Slow down and be quiet. Remember somebody doing you like that all the time? Remember the lunchroom? You know, you, you got to walk. Remember you was a kid in elementary school, you had to walk to the lunchroom. You think you've been in, in a class all day and had to be quiet. You thought at least on your way to lunch you'd get to talk, right? I went to school with uh, my son when he was in elementary, and they had, a, they had a, actually a traffic light inside the cafeteria. And that traffic light, you know, if it was on green, that meant you could talk. If it went to yellow, that meant you had to quiet down. But if it went to red, it was, teachers went around, shh, shh, shh. It seemed like it was always on red. <laughs> it just seemed that way. Even as an adult, I was like, man, come on, I can't even say anything here. You know, but God wants us to be quiet. He wants us to learn to be quiet. This is why, like, 
my daughter Caitlin, now she just finished her freshman year of college, and we were, to di- we were at dinner with her uh, last Monday night. And we were at dinner with her, you know, and, and, and she's just talking, and Rhonda and I are just listening to her talk, and, you know, and she just stopped. She says, boy, I'm talking a lot tonight, aren't I? And we just smiled at her, you know, because we were just glad, you know, she's talking. She said, well, you know, Dad, normally when you ask me them questions, and, and I don't say a lot, I just, I'm just tired. I don't have, a, I, my mind's just not working. She said, but I'm out of school for the summer, and, and I, now I, I can talk now. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is with us? When we just get so tired and, and we just get exhausted, then having a conversation, even with God, is very difficult unless there's trouble in our life. So I want to encourage you to be still and to know God. That's what Psalms 46 says. It says, be still. What does that mean? That means slow down. Hey, stop. Whoa, slow down. Be still. Notice what he says. Be still and what? Come on, be still and what? Be still and what? Be still and know. What are you going to know? That he's what? Be still and know that I'm God. You will never know that God is God until you get still. You have to be still. You have to slow down. Be still and then you will know that he is God. You see, most of us live our lives in a tangled mess, don't we? I mean, like, you ever seen an insect get caught in a spider web? And the more that insect fights to get out of that web, the more tangled it becomes and the more restricted it becomes. And it's self-defeating. You see, when we have all these problems, and we quit, we just keep moving and fighting and moving and fighting, and we refuse to be still. God wants us to be still. Why? So He can untangle the knot. He can't untangle the knot if you keep making it. So be still and know that he is God, that he can untangle the knot. One of the ways that I, I've learned to, uh, to, to be still is I've learned to get out God's Word in the morning. And I've learned that when I get out God's Word, that when you open up and you listen up to God's Word, God shows up. And when God shows up, you get freshened up spiritually. Isn't that amazing? When you open up, when you open up and listen up to God's Word, then God shows up in that miraculous way inside of you, and you get freshened up spiritually, and you get the lift that you needed. How many of you sitting here today have ever been to that point to where, you know, you just needed encouragement? Anybody besides me? Yeah, it's all of us. And you know what? You hope that your spouse is going to give it to you. You hope that your coworker is going to give it to you. You ever had one of those days where you need it, and nobody gave you anything? Nobody give you that encouraging word, right? And you know what? I've learned if I base my life on what other people do, that I'm going to be miserable. But when I get up in the morning and I open up God's word, and I listen up to God's voice, God shows up, and he freshens me up to where I can face another day. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Begin to develop that habit of doing that. Matter of fact, we've asked the people of Stockbridge Community, I want to ask you again today, Will you do your very best to read the New Testament by the end of the year? By the end of the year, you have another six months, starting tomorrow, to complete this task. Do you know, if you read, like, basically, if you read two chapters a day, now, let me help you out here, because I told someone that, I said, you need to read two chapters of the Bible a day, and they was like, two chapters? Well, they thought of a novel that they had to read when they were in school and write a report on, and those chapters were like half the book. 
I'm like, no, a chapter in the Bible is only like a page or a page and a half or two pages at the most. You can do this. So I want to encourage you to do it. And we've created the tool to help you do that. We have a mobile app that we'd like to tell you about today. This mobile app you can download uh, for free. And it, it, has, uh, the books, it has the Bible on it. It has a you know, sign-up for Connect Group on it. Also, if you don't like reading, you can just hit it and let it read to you. How about that? You know, how about on the way to work, dialing off talk radio and turn on the talking Bible? Whoa! What a, what a difference, huh? You could, I guarantee you, if you dialed that off and you turned the Bible on, you know what? You'd go through the whole New Testament probably within a month, and your life would change. That app will help you do that. That's why we created it. You also can give online. I mean, if you're going to take vacation, then, you know, you're going to want to make sure to do your giving so that you can have some fun living. Okay, never mind. Anyways, I just told Rhonda, we're never going on vacation without giving our tithe first because I want God's blessings on our vacation. And so this is another way that you could do that as well. Here's what I want you to do. On the back of your connection card, there's a box that says there, on the last box it says, next step, I will do my best to read the New Testament this year. Would you check that box so we can pray for you? Because, man, checking this box is going to do that. Now, reading it means you can listen to it either. Either read it or listen to it. But you're going to do your very best by the end of the year. And I sure want to hear your stories of how you've done that. All right. Look at the next verse with me. Psalms uh, 25 and 14. It says this. Friendship with God is reserved for those who, who reverence Him. Notice that. Reverence Him. With them alone, He shares the secrets of His promises. Those who reverence Him. What is reverence? Reverence means this. It means I have the same values that God has. I have His values. I, I value what He values. You know that if you give me the names of the five people that you're the closest to, and you tell me, you give me, I, uh, and I can look at their income, I can look at their status, I can look at their values, and if you gave me those names of those five people, I would tell you yours, because you're going to be the average of the five people you're the closest to. So why not do this? Why not make God one of the five? Why not make God, why not make God say, if I'm, there's five people that I'm going to be the closest, number one's going to be God. I want to be close to God. And when you do that, guess what? When you read His Word, when, when you take Him serious, when you have shared time instead of spare time with God, all of a sudden you begin to reflect who God is. Everything that you want to be, God is. And so the closer you get to God, the more you're going to become who you want to be. I have husbands tell me all the time, I just want to be a better husband. i got an answer for that. Try to move a little closer to God. Wives tell me, I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mother. Just try moving a little closer to God. That's it. That helps you. God's character and nature inside of your life. So do that. Make Him, make him that number one priority. It will change your life. Then look at this next verse with me. In James 4 and 4, it says this. It says, you should know that loving the world is the same as what? Shout it out. Hating God. And look at the next phrase. Anyone who wants to be friends of the world becomes what? God's enemy. Isn't that, isn't that puzzling? Because didn't the Bible say in John 3, 16 that God so loved the world? Well, you, in that definition, the world means this. He was talking about people. God so loves people. And so, but God also, in this term, uh, world that James is using here, the, when we say world, he's saying this, that God hates the world's value system. 
That means he hates that the world becomes so selfish and so materialistic, all of those things, so uncaring and so unloving. God hates that part of the world. He, he loves people and hates the world's values. And see, the problem is many of us have adopted the opposite of that, is that we've learned to love the world's values and hate people. And God's called us to be reversed, become like Him. And in our church, we have people that model that all the time, of becoming like God. There's a couple that's in our first service. Their name is Brian and Tiffany Starnes. Brian and Tiffany in our first service usually sit right down here toward the front. And that last, uh, two weeks ago, we did a membership class here, Discovering SEC. And as we did that class, there was a couple in there, and they begin to tell their story of how that Brian and Tiffany, when they first come to this church, they sat behind them a couple weeks, and Brian and Tiffany turned around, introduced themselves to them, and invited them out to lunch. And they took time, and they took them out to lunch. Why? Because they valued people over hurry. They valued people. They made time for them. And it impacted their life, that couple's life, so much. They said, you know what? We want to be a part of a church that cares that much. That the pastor is not the one doing it, but the people are. And it changed everything. And I want to challenge you to do today to become like God and value people over the world's values. You know that hurry brings worry, right? And when you're worried, you don't have time for relationships. Slow down and do that. I would strongly encourage you to do that. Now, there's four core values that we have here at SEC. I want to share those with you now. We call them the four core, the core four. And that is this, is that we want to connect. We want to connect with God and His family. We want to grow in God's character. We want to serve in God's church. And we want to share God's message. That's what we're all about here at SEC, is that core four right there. It's, we think it's very important for you to connect with others. And we think that God wants to invite you in on the inner circle. And we do too. And we don't want to be a church that says, okay, well, there's this few people that's on in the know, and this few people that are cared about, and everybody else is not cared about. No, we want to invite you in. And one of the ways we invite you in is through a connect group. That's a group of people that meet about 10 to 12, 10 to 15 people meet in a home or some location, and they just study God's Word. And this summer, I want to tell you, 40% of our adult population have already signed up for a group. 40% of us have already done that. Why? Because SEC, we said this. We said we're going to grow through the summer. We said we're not going to hang our relationship with God and His people on a nail until the fall. We made a decision that we're going to grow through the summer. I challenge you, why don't you grow with us? And one of the ways you can do that is by joining one of our connect groups. And inside of your program, there's a there is actually a catalog there of about 15 adult groups that we have going this summer. Just simply write in on, the, on your connection card with a group you want to be a part of that you can grow with us this summer. So if you'll do that, write that down. All right. Remember what we said in the beginning? Friendships. Remember what we talked about friendships? How that friendships happen in shared time, not in spare time. All right. So let's go to number three. Would you write this down? Maintain a constant conversation. And we're talking about a relationship with God. Maintain a constant conversation. Constant. How do you do that, Jeff? Well, here's the, the Bible is so clear. In 1 Thessalonians, he writes this. Look what it says. He says, rejoice how? Always. Now, how do you, how do you rejoice? What is rejoicing? 
Rejoicing is remembering something that's already happened, right? You know, uh, when you go to a funeral and you hear this person that's been a good person, and at that funeral you begin to share, you know, people begin to share. They begin to say, you know, uh, this person, Fred, was a great guy. He did this, this, and this. And everybody smiles real big about that great memory. You know what we're doing? We're rejoicing over Fred's life. And the Bible says that you and I, you are to rejoice. You're to think about all the good things that God has done in your life. Rejoice over that. Then he can look at the next phrase with me. He says, rejoice uh, always and then pray when? Continually, right? That means, so you're either rejoicing or you're praying, or the next one is this, is you're giving thanks. So you're either saying, God, thank you for what you've already done. Then prayers like, God, this is what's going on in my life right now. I need your help now. Or either you're thanking God that you are God and you're in charge and you're in control. So listen, God, thank you that the world is going crazy right now. But I'm not afraid. I'm not scared because, God, I know that you've got the levers to this world. And I know that you're guiding history. And, Lord, I know that you're going to take care of the future. God, you're the one. So we trust you. See, that's giving things. The Scripture teaches us that. This constant communication. Let me ask you a question. What would your life be like? How much better would your life be if you prayed as much as you text? How much better would your life be if you prayed as much as you was on Facebook or you were, or you was, you know, on Instagram or Twitter? How much better would your life be if you prayed that much? You know, because all we're doing is keeping communication going, right? You know, it's like, you know, instead of just, you know, maybe texting, I'm going to the bathroom, or, or putting it out for the whole world to see, you know, oh, got to go to the bathroom right now. Why not just thank God that you can go to the bathroom? Amen. Thank God I'm able to walk there. You see, it, when we begin to take our relationship serious with God, it's an ongoing conversation. And right now, you know, while I'm talking to you, i got a conversation going on with God as well. My prayer right now, if you could just hear into my heart and my mind, it'd be like, God, would you just help them? Would you help them to receive that they can be friends with you while I'm speaking? And you have the same ability every day. You know, you can pray while you're driving. You don't have, and please don't close your eyes. Please don't do that. You know, pray while you drive. Not, God, take care of that idiot over there, God. Look at that idiot, God. They're an idiot, God. Get rid of them. No, God, help my family. You can have constant communication with God, and that's what I want to challenge you to do. Because remember, friendship, friendship happens in shared time, not spared time. That takes us to the fourth thing I'd like to share with you today, and that is this. It's trust God in your pain. Trust God in your pain. This is the hardest one. I find this amazing. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been the pastor here for 20 years. And you know what I found out to be true? Is that when, when bad things happen to people, most of them run away from God instead of to Him. When bad things happen, why is that true with you? Why is it true with me? Why is that true? Like, if something bad happens, what I've found happens most of the time from being a pastor for 20 years is when bad things happen to people's lives, all of a sudden they withdraw. 
They, instead of running to God, they run from God. That's why church, you know, listen, they, they start missing church big time. And then people like our connect group leader will try to call, their ministry leader will try to call, and they won't answer the calls. They won't return the emails. They just shut down and disconnect. Why is that? We're supposed to run to God when we're hurting the most. The Bible says this. I look, love what the, the message paraphrase, paraphrase says in Psalms 91. He says, if you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. Now notice this next part. If you only, would you read these next three words out loud? You ready? Get to know. If you only get to know and trust me. You see, the way that you, you will never trust God if you never get to know God. That's why I'm always up here saying, listen, read the Bible, pray. Why? Because if you don't know him, you won't trust him. If you're only living off grandma's relationship, if you're only living off of what you hear me say about God, you will never trust him. But once you get to know God, once you begin to trust, know God, you'll begin to trust God. And you, once you find out that he does care for you, no matter how dark the night, you will say, no matter what's happening, I will hold to God. No matter what the world says, that there is no God. No matter what your family says, no matter what you're going through, you will say, but I know him, and therefore I will trust him. Amen? Man, that's how we hold on, is through God. You see, the problem is this is that we're created in the image of God. Do you agree with that? The Bible says that. But when we start going through problems, we recreate God in our image. We say, you know what? I can't do anything about this. I can't change this situation. And because I can't do anything about it, and nobody else can do anything about it, we bring God down to our level, and we say that God can't either, and we give up. But I want to tell you, God's not you. God is all-powerful. He's mighty. He can do anything. He's in control. And so knowing Him. My son is now 23. And I've noticed how our relationship has changed. You know, when he was little, I was just daddy, you know. I'm dad, dad, dad. So that, my job was always saying, okay, I was a disciplinarian. You know, I was a person that if they really wanted something, they'd go talk to their mother first. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, you know, there's one of those. It's easy. They'd go to her first. But anyways, I was the guy that said, no, you can't do that. No, we got to do this. And I was that kind of dad. I was, the, I was the father, you know? But as he's gotten older, I noticed our relationships change. I'm still his father. But yet now we become friends. Our conversation is not about what he should do anymore. It's about how he's doing. You know, it, it's amazing because some, if they just want to chat, my kids call their mother. They just want to, ch- 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 you know, just chat. But when I, my phone rings and I see their name, I know they're calling me because they need something. And you know what? Not one time, even though I'm flawed, I'm imperfect, I've made mistakes as a parent, even though I'm as flawed as I am, When that phone rings and I see their name, I answer it no matter where I am, I answer it. And no matter what problem they got going on in their life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
I'm there to say, how can I help you? And how can we talk through this? How can it get better? Because I want to help you. You're my son and you're my friend. I want you to know I love you. I'll do anything in this world that I can to help you, to make you better. I will do it for you. And I'm flawed. And we have a heavenly father who right now is telling you, listen, I want you to know me so that you can trust me. And once you trust me, you'll call on me. And once you call on me, you're going to find me. And I'm going to show up. And I'm going to make a difference in your life. That's what God says. Today he challenges that. Psalms 34 and 18, it's on your outline. It simply says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And notice that, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many of you today are walking around crushed in spirit. And you feel like God's a million miles away. I want to tell you something. If you're hurting right now, God is right next to you, even if you don't want him there. You may be brokenhearted. You may be mad. You may even be mad at God, and you don't want to think about it. But I'm telling you, if you're hurting today, no matter whether, if you want him to or not, God is right there because he loves you that much. He loves you. Today, he invites you into this relationship of father, son, daughter, but also friend. Would you stand with me now? I'd like to have a prayer with you today. Our prayer partners are going to go ahead and make their way on down to the front here. You know what God would like to do through you and me? Is that God right now would like to give you a hug. God right now would just like to take your hand and say, I'm here. And that's what these prayer partners are all about. Is they're just the extension of God that whatever you're going through, you know, there's no magic that they have. But what they have is a, is a tender touch. Some of you today just need somebody to take your hand and let you know that God cares. That's why they're here. So after I pray, if you want to let one of them pray with you, they're here to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. You're the Savior of the world. God, you've called us into a relationship with you to be friends. God, you have so much power. You have so much grace. You have so much wisdom. So today, God, I ask that you would extend that to us. As we open our hearts to you, oh God, that you would move in our lives in a great way. Father, I pray today that you would touch every person in here today and let them know that you love them more than they can imagine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.